This is the War and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. Okay, well, today I think we're going to talk about what happens when there's a slowdown. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you have some low numbers. You're not seeing the business that you thought you were going to see. And so we're going to talk today about some of the reasons why that might happen and then ways that we can tackle it. I'm going to steal a line from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and say rule number one when you have low numbers or a slowdown in your business is don't panic. Don't throw the business out with the numbers. Don't completely change your whole business structure or your whole industry. Just don't panic. Don't panic. That's kind of your number one rule on everything. Yes. Don't panic. Lean on your business plan and try to do some detective work on on what. So, so recently in our business, we've seen a weird flattening. It's not big. You know, it's not a big thing, but it's a, it is a thing. So we have to look at look around and see why. Why are we experiencing a flatness? Is it external factors, internal factors? Years ago, I, I had a flattening like this and it was I was able to identify a gatekeeper within our organization. She just wasn't letting new customers in for whatever reason. She thought she had good reasons, but it's not where we wanted to go. So um, we were able to correct that and then we took off again like a rocket ship. So so what happens in your industry or in our industry, any business really, whenever it looks like there's a flattening? And so Sarita kind of touched on one of the internal reasons that that might happen is a gatekeeping employee. Another reason might be that there's been a reduced focus on marketing or advertising. This affects different businesses in a variety of ways. In the coffee side of our business, I've noticed that when the consistency of our social media postings drops, so does the business. Not necessarily by a whole lot, but there is a dip. So that can be one reason why people maybe don't have your business at the top of their minds when they are leaving for the day and need to get a cup of coffee or are planning their trip and need to figure out what to do with their dog. It may or may not be the biggest contributing factor. And of course, there could be a number of these factors all rolled into one. And then another one would be customer service. How are you or your employees, depending on who's doing it, addressing customer service issues? Are you empowering your employees to ensure that customers walk away happy, even if you're giving them bad news or telling them something that you don't want to hear? And then additionally, as the leaders of our organization, we need to conduct quality control measures. So calling clients, uh, having a two-way conversation where they have an opportunity to contact us outside of our customer-facing employees in case there's a problem there. Pretty sure that's not what we're experiencing right now. Uh, so sometimes it is actually external factors. Sometimes in our business, the doggy daycare business, uh, we will have things like school was out. We had a then we there had was a snow day. We had this two month. snow days. Yeah. The the don't panic holds true here is you go back and you look at what was going on in your immediate environment and try to try to troubleshoot from there. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there are other external reasons, just seasonality. Mm-hmm. is a big one. On the coffee side of our business, about two weeks before Christmas, everything died. 
we had dropped hundreds of dollars in our daily revenue. It was very concerning. And so what I did, which is something that I have under the, under my list of things to do, is to research the industry. You know, that was our first year Again. owning two coffee mm-hmm. shops. And even though we knew a lot about the industry generally, these specific up and down trends for coffee was new to us. We didn't have 10 years of data to rely on to look back and see if this is just a single data point or another data point on a trend line. And what I discovered is that every coffee shop, it seems, in the entire world has some seasonality to their business. It's not always at the same time of year, but particularly for coffee shops in the U.S., that mid-December to mid-January, sometimes early February, is a really slow time for coffee shops. And so when we picked right back up in the second week of January, I started feeling a little better that, yes, this was a little bit of a downturn that we weren't expecting, but we actually came out of it a little bit faster than it seems the national average is. So that even made me feel a little better once we started picking back up earlier than I thought we would. You know, I I generally talk about doggy daycare when I'm because it's the one I have the most experience with. One of the things that as I'm looking at our data right now and I'm seeing a flattening Mm -hmm. I think it's important to go back a couple of years and get a broader picture when you have a 10-year business. Now, in the coffee business, we have a six-month, eight-month business. Two year, We have two years in the roasting, but it's we've definitely taken on an industry that we don't know a lot about, so the detective work is a lot broader, but there's a lot more data out there for mm-hmm. coffee businesses, so that's a pretty easy check. Another external factor that can affect both of our industries, doggy daycare and coffee, because both kind of in their own way are luxury items and are want to haves, not need to haves, is economic factors locally or nationally. A national recession that affects your community can have an impact on your business. But also if there is any disruption to the labor market in your own community, If there is a major employer that has laid people off or has announced the possibility of layoffs, uh, we noticed some of that last year in doggy daycare. There was a lot of disruption and uncertainty at one of at our major university. They are the major employer in our city. And it seemed to us once we kind of started talking about it that people were holding on to their money. They were kind of waiting to see. And so they were doing less doggy daycare. They still boarded. They weren't traveling as much. And then once that kind of smoothed over and there was a little more certainty or, you know, it seemed like the community could could look a little bit further into the future with their university than they had previously. If you want to know about that, take a look at what the University of Oklahoma has been up to the last couple of years. It's been fun. It's amazing. Uh, And but I do think that that had an impact on our community's spending habits. Yes, And so there may may or may not be anything that you can do about it, but if you can understand it, it will allow you to maybe continue to not panic because it's not maybe a systemic problem with your business. It's an external factor that maybe you can control, maybe you can't, but it at least gives you a better idea of what's happening. And as we're looking at seasonality in a new business, you know, you want to take out those anomaly items like we just recently had a big news coverage of our roastery. And so that's artificially inflating. artificially inflating our numbers. And so in three months, whenever that dies down or a week or I don't know how, how long it's going to last. So now we're riding a wave that we don't know when it's going to end. So it's interesting to note that our two business types, the doggy daycares and dog business versus the coffee business have 
almost directly opposite seasonalities so far as what we're seeing. Yes. When we're busy, which makes sense. When we're busy with dogs, it's because people are traveling. Which means they're not drinking their our local coffee. They're not drinking local <laughs> coffee. So it's a fun study. Just a point on some of these kind of short-term blips, either up or down, that Sarita talked about. Make sure you note that in your data. Yeah. That if so you that had a big news two story. Years from now, you can kind of see what was going on. Yeah. So that if you're seeing a dip in the future and then you go back and see this artificially high number from a couple years ago because you had a really awesome news story written about you and it brought a lot of people in, make a note. Figure out a place to put that in your data somehow, some way, so that you can remember that in the future, because I think that'll help you look at your data with better eyes than maybe you would have otherwise. This maybe is an internal problem, but overprojecting is real. And I've done that a few times over the years where I, you know, I just, at the end of the year, I basically try to figure out what I think next year is going to do. And I project it and I'll get a little emotionally tied about missing projections. And then realistically, I probably just need to adjust projections, learn from it and look around and see what needs to be done if, if we're not marketing enough or if we have a gatekeeper or whatever. Which circles back to our <laughs> previous podcast and talking about business plans is to make sure that you're going back to your business plan and changing these projections. Yeah, and visiting it regularly and looking at a bigger picture. So as with doggy daycare, we have you know multiple years to look at, but as the coffee, as we go forward, we're going to have be able to look back on it as well. So what do you do if you have some of these internal or, ex- or external factors affecting your business? What do you do? I've got a lot on my list. Some of these are things that could be implemented at any point in the life of a business and can be implemented before, during, or after a slowdown to help you bridge the next one as well. So one, it kind of relates to the internal factor of of reducing your focus on advertising is get back to that. Figure out a solid plan to help consistent advertising and marketing. It doesn't need to be anything expensive. Even just posting on regularly on your social media pages, we do a dog of the day post on our doggy daycare side, which has been really helpful in kind of getting that steady drumbeat. However, I think that our emphasis on that, we don't post special anymore. No, and we don't Mm -hmm. post play pictures anymore. We're not, mm-hmm. we haven't really posted as much informational stuff lately. Uh, it's getting into tornado season, you know, that kind of thing. So that's something that I would like us to kind of refocus on is, yes, that consistency with this dog of the day post is helpful, but it's very one note. Yeah. And so making sure that it's comprehensive and reaching new people is important. And you're, we're seeing the reach of these posts and the reactions to these posts start to drop. Because, as Sarita said, they're not special anymore. So addressing that. White noise. But also market yourself as a business owner. Mm -hmm. This is not something I think that Sarita and I intended to do when we got on city council. But one of the outcomes of being on city council has... Good or bad. Good and bad has been more focused on our businesses. Our businesses... We have lots of platforms now. We do. And it comes... We we reference our business when we're talking about topics that our businesses give us experience in. As innocuous as... What was it we were Food waste digestion. And uh, digesters (laughs) in our wastewater facilities. Because they take dog who, poop. They take dog poop when we have lots of that. So um, it, we get to, you know, spend lots of time talking about our businesses. And a lot of times it relates to the city decisions we have to make. Mm-hmm. So if we're having to decide on fees or things are going to impact small businesses like ourselves, 
then you know we have a good perspective for that mm-hmm. and we usually talk about that zoning that and yeah. uh noise complaints and you know i mean there are lots of topics we talk about as city council members that are business experience transversely we talk <laughs> about some topics that people will never use our businesses now because of how mad they got about this topic or that one right Um, But it also puts us, you know, we're just in the community in a different way. It gets us to different events maybe than we would have as just business owners. So there are a lot of ways that marketing yourself as a business owner, do not run for council just to market your business. That is not a good good. use of your time. But join a board of a nonprofit or get involved in your community in a way that gives you the opportunity to then also talk about your business. One of the things we do every year is we lead a community dog walk for a nonprofit, our Women's Resource Center, that helps victims of sexual assault and domestic abuse. We do that just because we want to help them, but it keeps our name out there and fresh. And and it also brands us as the experts in the community. So, and that also kind of leads into you you can also continue or step up your donations or involvement as a business in these organizations. Yeah. So if you have a doggy daycare and there is an entity in your community, like the Women's Resource Center that often interacts with or has as clients, women who have pets, mm-hmm. a dog walk for a nonprofit like that is a perfect way to do good in your community, get your name out there and really bring really bring some focus on your business. And bring awareness to those social issues that, as a business owner, I like to use my business as a platform to. It's a it's a double double sale on that one. Another one is going back to what Sarita said earlier: is lean into your business plan. If you're experiencing a slowdown, lean into your business plan. What does your business plan tell you? Are your projections overly optimistic? Are you at the year point or the two year point, or the three year point in your business, and haven't gone back to your business plan at all? and revised your expectations, do you have a strategic plan? If not, consider creating one. And what that will also do is force you to study your industry for common trends. Seasonality in the coffee business is a common trend mm-hmm. that we had no idea about. It was easy to find, too. Yeah, it was easy to find. <laughs> I got I mean, a it, little bit of cart before the horse on the coffee thing, but because the opportunities came at us fast. Mm-hmm. And we also knew that we were willing and able to do the legwork when the time came in yeah. order to in order to make it successful. So when the slowdown happened and we found the immediately available information about the regular seasonality of the coffee business, it kind of immediately made that problem less of a problem. It's yeah. a common problem, which means that all coffee shops deal with it. And clearly there are coffee shops everywhere. So yeah. coffee shops everywhere, everywhere have been able to weather that. Yeah. Uh, Something that you can also look at is consider a new product or service or changing or adjusting a product or service or eliminating one. We actually eliminated a service in one of our our indoor dog park because it just wasn't profitable. It wasn't doing what we thought it was going to do. And I think that happened for a variety of reasons. I think Mm -hmm. we put too many hurdles in front of people to get in there for a new service that was not even just new to our community. It was new to our state. Yeah. And I think we just kind of assumed that everyone would understand what it was. We're like, so many people hate the public dog park, so they're going to love ours. And we tried to incorporate it as just the same as any other service that we offer because what we do is we market to the dog that we mm-hmm. are, you know, our doggy daycare and boarding facility. You know, our tagline is we get your clean dog dirty, which we know is not what the owner generally wants. generally wants. But when that dog is dirty, that means that dog is exhausted and had a fantastic time that day. And that is what the owner wants. Right. And so, you know, almost everything we do happens in the back. 
our play equipment, the dogs don't care if it's perfectly nice and shiny and new. They don't care if they have places to sit. Uh, dogs don't care about those things. But the people but do. But people do. And so the indoor dog park, which is also a people-centric service... We didn't offer it the way we offered our other, we, or we did offer it the way we offered our other services. And that was the problem. We thought that people would be, would come to it because their dog would have fun. But what we realized is that if they weren't having fun, they weren't having fun, they wouldn't stay. We're reworking that we're adjusting. And I think that's what makes a good entrepreneur and a good, you know, long-term business owner is to be nimble and to adjust, have the numbers available to you so you can use them to course correct if that's Mm -hmm. what needs to happen if this isn't going the direction you want it to go then change directions don't hang on to a shitty balloon for too long that's right and thankfully past sarita and past kate were pretty cognizant of that because Mm -hmm. when we were writing the business plan for our second location we didn't put too great of an emphasis on the indoor dog park service itself as a big money maker for the business yeah we knew that that was probably the risk and that one we didn't want to bet the whole farm on. And it, it was true. But we do still think it's a viable option. It just needs a new a new pretty face on it. So we're, we're working on that. We're course correcting that. Oh, gosh, just you wait. It's going to be oh, so it's exciting. Be fun. We got um, some cool stuff coming. I cannot even I cannot even say how excited I am. Also, don't forget to talk to your employees. Talk to them. If you're experiencing a slowdown, talk to them. What are they seeing? What What are are they they experiencing? What are they hearing from customers? Are there longtime customers that they are used to seeing that they're not seeing anymore? Mm -hmm. Are there certain types of dogs that are not coming anymore? You know, they are on the front lines. Is somebody consistently asking for something we don't have? Or have you gotten complaints? Or does it seem like people are happy with their product, you know, and or service on the doggy daycare side, you know, and that was basically when I saw the numbers kind of dip at doggy daycare. That's my first thing was to talk to the employees and be like, have you guys noticed a thing? And we all kind of came to the conclusion that it's the weather and the timing of the weather. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big dip or anything like this isn't something that's like, oh, my God, we need to like batten down the hatches and and be prepared for, you know, the big storm. This is more along the lines of the very first fissure. And that's going to be key to making your business successful is to catch anything that's mm-hmm. going awry early. You need to be the canary in the coal mine for your business. Absolutely. And if you're not working day to day in your business, which is totally fine, but you need to be plugged in enough and have people there who are paying attention enough or systems to start being able to see these things so that they do not become serious problems. If you've got the snowball at the top of the hill, you want to put your hand out and stop it before it's three quarters of the way down and is now boulder sized. (laughs) Roll you over. And so another one that, that we did last year, which I think we'll probably end up doing again this year, is talk to your customers. Mm-hmm. Survey your customers. Survey Monkey is easy. Yeah, and it is a low-cost way to get some really, really valuable feedback and, and be able to parse through that feedback. There are some things we know we're not going to be able to do. All good. Mm-hmm. It may just be that people were saving for a Disney vacation or something. You know, who mm-hmm. knows? Um, but at least you'll know. And you and you have a tendency to awfulize things in your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you just internalize and don't try to find the the reasons, then you can come up with you can tank your business. You can. It's like Riding a motorcycle, if you've ever done that, they tell you not to look at the trees <laughs> because you will drive at the trees. <laughs> so don't look at the trees. Just keep driving and enjoy the, the canopy of the trees. Around I like there. your analogies better because the way my parents always taught me was, you know, not don't catastrophize things, but it was control your variables. <laughs> and that talking to your customers is one way to control your variables. Yeah. 
that if you put out this survey and you get nothing but great feedback back, okay, you've controlled for that variable. Mm -hmm. What is causing the problem is not your customer base. Mm -hmm. So now you can eliminate that as a path of pursuit. Mm-hmm. And so even if the information you get back is only positive, it's still a good thing to do because it allows you to look elsewhere for where the problem is happening. And then I guess the solutions, marketing, obviously, rethink your marketing plan, visit your business plan, adjust your projections if that's the problem, train your employees. Review your products and services. Mm-hmm. Are they are they bringing in what you thought they were going to bring in? Are as popular as you thought they were? Is it costing more money than you're making? Because sometimes things are fun in our heads, and they're just not that great out there in the world. And we've we've experienced that on. And I'm pretty good at just course correcting, and I don't think I have a lot of emotion. I think both of us don't have a lot of emotion or ego tied to any product or service that we have. I'm willing to change all of it. Any part of it. We are here to run successful businesses. There are failure potholes on the path of success. There are (laughs) failure potholes. (laughs) So now we know, like, don't ride your motorcycle towards the trees and avoid the failure potholes. (laughs) I really want to emphasize the importance of ensuring that you are knitted into the fabric of your community, because that is, going, in my opinion, going to be one of the easiest ways to bridge any slowdowns or, you know, maybe there was some big kerfuffle with an employee or a customer that kind of bled out into the public sphere. And, you know, I mean, can't say we haven't experienced that on city council. It's yeah. like everything, everything we do as business owners gets fuel added to the fire because we're also on city council and um, it some, gets magnified. Yeah. And it's so, lots of social media play too. <laughs> yes. But collaborate with your community, collaborate with a nonprofit on an event, collaborate with a fellow business on a new product that can benefit you both. Join a board, embed your business and yourself deeper into that community because they're going to be the ones to save you. You can't save yourself. If you're not selling your product or uh, selling your service, you are not going to be successful. And the people who are doing that are primarily in your community. Yeah. Don't lose sight of that. Find exterior cheerleaders and really foster those relationships. Mm -hmm. And as we're sitting here talking, I wrote down vet clinics. So that's another place that I want to revisit them because in the early years, I visited them a lot and they haven't seen my face Mm -hmm. or heard from me in a few years. So they maybe aren't referring us as much or something to that effect. I don't know that that's even happening, but just having this conversation is making this stuff bubble up in my head. So well, we've said this before. Everybody should have a podcast. Everyone should have because, a podcast. You know, we we have to sit here and think about what do we need to do in our community, in our business. I think that's kind of a wrap up for today. It's a little bit short. I feel like there was a lot of really good info here. And if someone is listening to this and doesn't quite understand one of the things we've talked about or you want more information on it, please feel free to get in touch with us. Absolutely. Like we are happy to talk to you through that. And you can email us at roarandpeaceproject at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Roar Ampersand Peace Project. So you can find us there in the show notes, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to put it in the show notes. We are going to, we, I'm being, I'm being pointed at by (laughs) the person that I have promised show notes summaries for, for weeks now. So (laughs) I am recommitting to that. On we, the podcast we today, will have some show notes. we are going to put together some show notes and provide some summaries of what each of these episodes include and um, look for some possibly fleshed out versions of these podcasts in written form at some point 
in the not too distant not future. too distant so yeah well thank you find us on roaringpeaceproject.com thank you third space for continually hosting our podcast for us and being great sources of inspiration for us 